Good morning, Crossroads. My name is Pastor Michelle, and I am the Recovery Ministries Pastor here at Crossroads Community Church, and I'm so excited to be with you this Sunday. In fact, when Pastor Tim asked me to speak today, I can't tell you how how thrilled I was, because today we're talking about a subject that is truly near and dear to my heart. So I want to start out with an apology. If you know anything about me, if you spent any time with me whatsoever, I just want to apologize up front, because you've probably seen some of my ugly side come out. My ugly side is that perfectionism and that need to control things. You know what? In fact, I'm just going to get it out right now. I have a confession to make. I have a lot of issues. But I'm telling you, my number one issue is that I am a major control freak. And I know what you're thinking right now. Oh boy, another control freak. That's all we need in our life. They're the worst. I know. We are the worst. Trust me, I'm one of them. I'm really trying hard to let it go. I wonder if there's a program with that that could help me through that. If you don't know anything about me at all, you're probably thinking, why in the world would you be up there confessing your stuff out loud to us and talking about groups and getting admitting things? I mean, after all, isn't she a pastor? Aren't pastors supposed to be perfect? Some of you may even think, well, aren't Christians supposed to be perfect for that matter? Well, at least that's what I thought when I first started coming to Crossroads. But boy, was I wrong. Through a program that Crossroads offers called Celebrate Recovery, I was able to see that God says nobody is perfect and that God is way bigger than any of the fear or anxiety or any of the other things that I felt in life. In fact, Crossroads helped me see that we serve a God that is forgiving and loving and we serve a God that was waiting to forgive me. Not only was he waiting to forgive me, but he was waiting to change me. But the only way that that could happen is if I was able to let go and learn how to forgive myself. And let me tell you, forgiving myself was not an easy thing. Because in my past, I was in way, no way, shape, or form a perfect person, not even close. And I had a lot of labels put on me. I mean, there were the labels that society gave me that we all have. But even worse were the labels that I gave myself. Things like broken, sinner, failure, insecure. Those were some of the many labels that I secretly clung to. And those labels, those were the labels that I couldn't let go of. Those were the labels that ruled my mind and told me that there is no way that God would ever want anything to do with a woman like me, yet alone be able to forgive me. But I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that's ever felt this way. I mean, I'm pretty sure that even in this room right here, I am not the only broken person. I bet I'm not the only person that's carrying some kind of label around with you. In fact, come on, I'm the recovery ministry's pastor after all. So I know that there are a lot of broken people out there. I also know that there's a lot of fear and anxiety in the world. And especially today with this whole pandemic and coronavirus going on, There are literally people drowning in fear and uncertainty because they don't know what they're going to do tomorrow. In fact, each one of us at some time, I know, has felt that thing inside of our stomach, right? It's like this ache inside of our stomach. It's this conviction. It's this pain. I call it the void. And it is that one thing that secretly controls our inner life. It's that one thing that controls us inside, tells us that there is no way that we are going to get through this. 
It's that thing that secretly controls us. And while we know it's there, we never ever want to admit it out loud, right? Because we want people to see the good Christian. We want people to see the perfect pastor. Not the person that's broken and, and, and tormented in pain inside. So what do we do? We put on a mask. We pretend that everything's okay. And we just go on with life. And we do this because we think wearing a mask is easier than admitting we're breaking. And I get it, trust me. Admitting that you're breaking is really difficult. In fact, admitting that you're breaking takes a brave act of obedience. But here's the thing. An immense act of bravery and obedience is exactly what God is calling each one of us to do. Because being brave enough to admit that you're breaking, that you're hurting, is exactly the thing that's going to allow God's forgiveness to come into your life. And God's acceptance and forgiveness is that one thing that's going to get you out of the pit. God's forgiveness and God's acceptance is the one thing that is bigger than the void that you have. So we have to all get, come together for a brave act of bravery. And to, in this, we have a passage today that speaks exactly to this thing that I'm talking about. There's a passage I want to share with you that's about bravery, it's about labels, and it's about forgiveness. And it's in Luke 7, 36 through 47. And I'm going to read it to you. It says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped his feet with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were really a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is that she is a sinful woman. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which one do you think would love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has forgiven little, loves little. We all have labels, right? If you read this passage, you can see something about labels. And the crazy thing about labels is there's two different kinds of labels. There's a label that says you're good, right? Then, then there's a label that says you're sinful, and that's exactly what this passage is about. It shows two opposing labels. The first label we see is the label of the Pharisee. 
at Jesus' time, the Pharisees were people who were known to obey, strictly obey laws and traditions. They kind of based their lives on these laws and traditions. It was all they knew. Simon, you'll notice, was labeled as a Pharisee. So he was labeled as a leader, somebody that society looked up to, somebody that knew the laws and traditions. And then the second label we see is that of the sinful woman. While we never know what her sin is, it doesn't really matter because she was permanently labeled the sinful woman. Why she did what she did doesn't matter. Society gave her a label. Society gave her no, no chance to defend her actions. She was just permanently labeled. The sinful woman was somebody that society looked down on. We have all these thoughts and we can try to hide them, but we have to remember that Jesus knows our thoughts. Because look in this passage, we have the good Pharisee and we have the sinful woman. And in the next few sentences, we witness a very strange act. As a sinful woman stands behind Jesus and she weeps. This woman sees Jesus and it's like she's overcome with this emotion that she can't control. And the really crazy thing is that this sinful woman, the woman that society looks down on, knows who Jesus is. She knows who Jesus is. While Simon the Pharisee, he is clueless as to who Jesus was. She sees Jesus and she just becomes overwhelmed with emotion. She becomes overwhelmed and she wants to talk to Jesus, but she can't because she remembers that the label society put on her. So all she can do is weep. She stands behind him and she weeps. And with every, as she, as she cried and these tears poured out of her, with every tear, every shameful memory came out. Everything that she did wrong poured out with each individual tear. This simple woman was overcome with like love and regret all at the same time. And I'm sure she was thinking something like, if only I had met Jesus earlier, if only I had a chance. She became lost in the moment and as she looked down, she saw Jesus' feet and they're streaked with mud and tears. They're wet with her tears. So she takes her very own hair and she wipes his feet with her hair. She kisses his feet, and then she pours expensive perfume on them. Okay, I have to stop right there, because I know when I first read this passage, I thought, wait a second, this is crazy, right? Because we're talking about weeping, we're talking about pouring oil, we're talking about kissing, but not only we're talking about kissing, we're talking about kissing feet, yuck. We're talking, I mean, they're Jesus's feet, and so they're holy feet, but they're still feet, right? And that's, yuck, gross, in my opinion anyway. Let me explain what this is. You see, at this time, there were some unspoken rules that guests did when they invited people over to dinner. Just like many of us today, when we invite a guest over to dinner, we greet them with a hug. Well, at least pre-COVID, we did that. In Jesus' time, it was customary for the host to provide a bowl of water and a towel so that the people could wash their feet before dinner. Additionally, just like much of us know that it's okay, like to it's just like when you come in and you remove your shoes before you enter a house, people would wash their feet. Additionally, there were many times when there was a, like a special guest came and they anointed them with oil. These were all customary rules and traditions, but you will note that Simon the Pharisee, the person that was labeled as the Pharisee, 
did none of the things that were customary at the time, and it was Jesus. Yet this sinful woman, the woman that society looked down to, this woman that didn't know any better, did all of these things for Jesus. She lovingly did these things for Jesus, not expecting anything in return. This passage also shows us that love trumps labels. Because you'll see in this passage that Simon seems to mumble something under his breath. And it's almost like Jesus could overhear him or he knew what he was thinking. And he tells us an unusual story about forgiveness. At the end of the story, you'll see that Jesus asks a question to Simon to make sure that Simon understood the meaning of this story. And as Simon says, yes, Jesus, I understand, and gave him the answer, Jesus calls Simon out, proving that labels do not define us. Jesus explains that just as, just as the society said that this woman is sinful, she did everything that Simon did not. Jesus explains that because of, Jesus, because of this woman's love, she was forgiven. In this passage, Jesus teaches Simon a lesson that applies to each one of us still today. The story that Jesus called is called a parable. And Jesus used this parable to give us an illustration of no matter how big your sins are, you can be forgiven. In this particular parable, Jesus looks at our sins as debts. If you take a look at your life right now and things that you've done, I'm pretty sure that each one of us in this room today can understand that we each have a debt. Some of us have a much bigger debt than others, but regardless of whether your debt is bigger than your neighbor's, it is still a debt. And because of your sins, it is a debt that you will never, ever be able to pay back. And that's what this passage is about. This passage is showing us that the more we express sorrow, the more we accept our sins and debts, the more we are willing to be bold and ask for forgiveness, the more we're forgiven. This passage is also about shaking off the labels and understanding that you can be forgiven. This passage is about being brave enough to stand forward and ask God for forgiveness. And there's no getting around it. I don't care who you are. Every single one of us in this room today has some type of label, has something that we need to be forgiven for. Just like this passage, so two very different people with two very different labels, we also have may, may have different labels put on us. But regardless of what they are, each one of us needs to know that those labels do not define us, that Jesus defines us. And the crazy thing is, is whether you want to admit it or not, a lot of us would just rather hide. We want to hide. We want to hide the things that we do because we are living in guilt and shame. We want to hide the true person that we are inside thinking that nobody will see but the thing is, is that Jesus sees, Jesus knows. There's so many of us out there that are pretending to be someone that we're not because we want to be accepted by society. We want to be the person that fits in. We want to pretend that we're not hurting. And even though we don't want to say it out loud, we all feel that pit inside of our stomach at some times. 
Additionally, we all try to hide our debts, our sins. We try to bury our past because we don't want to face them. But like I said earlier, Jesus knows just like Jesus was able to be able to look beyond the sinful woman's past, beyond Simon the Pharisee, the good leader, he was able to look past that label and see the true person inside. That's what Jesus sees in you. Jesus sees who you really are, and he wants to forgive you. Jesus is desperate to see, for you to see the person that you really are. He's desperate for you to see your true potential, to know that you are accepted and you are forgiven. But in order to receive that forgiveness, you have to let go. So now what? Understanding labels. Do you think that you're ready to let go of your label? Do you think you're ready to stop that broken record that keeps playing over and over in your head? Are you ready to accept who you really are? Before you answer that, I just want you to, to go with me for one minute about this. Do something with me. Just for a few seconds, imagine yourself as this sinful woman. A woman who on the outside thought she was a piece of trash. A woman who thought she had no place in society. A woman who walks through a crowd and hears in the back of her head whispers of people making fun of her and saying negative things about her. A woman who dressed differently. A woman who had to look at the ground as she walked because she was too afraid of looking up and catching someone's hateful glare. A woman who on the outside pretended that words didn't hurt her. Because after all, she knew what she was. She was a sinful woman because of the label that society gave her. A woman who outwardly looked like a sinful woman, but inwardly was a woman desperate for acceptance and love. As you think about this woman, ask yourself, how many times have you secretly felt defeated by what others call you? How many times have you been ashamed to share what Jesus has done in your life because you're afraid of what other people are gonna say or because you're afraid of what people may think about you because you're a Christian? How many times have you felt judged just because of the clothes that you're wearing? How many times have you felt unworthy, unforgiven? Whatever your answers are to those questions, know that that is not the person that God sees. Know that those labels, those thoughts do not define you because God defines you. He is the only one that can define you. Obsessive, controlling, sinful, depressed, prideful, and unlovable were some of the many labels that were put on me. Addict, alcoholic, codependent, lost, broken, sinful, are some of the many labels that are put on my very best friends. And those labels do not define who they are. Those labels do not define who you are because only God can define who you are. So regardless of what label you're carrying, it is time to let go. 
It is time to let go of those thoughts, of those negative attitudes, and accept and understand that God loves and God forgives and God has the power to change you. But like I said earlier, nobody can do that for you. You have to take those steps. Friends, we are in this together. And we need to stop judging people for the things they've done in their past. This world is broken, and there are so many broken people out there who are desperate for Jesus. In fact, there are so many broken people in there that are too afraid to walk through this very church for fear of being judged because they are labeled as the sinful woman. Yet they're desperate for love and attention. They are desperate for Jesus. There are people out there that are labeled as drug addicts and sinners, and they are desperate for Jesus, and they may never find Jesus because, they, because we don't take the time to understand and try to figure out what got them to where they are and why they're doing the things they do. We have to stop and take time to consider the situation. I don't care what you're hanging on to. Those things do not define you. But you have a choice to make, just like the woman in this passage today made. It's time for you to decide who you really want to be. Are you going to hide in the shadows, just waiting to listen to Jesus from a distance? Wishing and hoping that somehow, someday, your life is going to change? Or are you going to choose faith over fear? It's time for you to really decide who you are and who you want to be. Are you going to just give up because you're tired of failing time and time again? It's that broken record in your head. Or are you going to choose faith over fear and accept that God loves you and God is waiting to change you? Are you going to, change, are you going to choose to remain the sinful woman, focusing on the th things that the world calls you? Or are you going to choose to understand who Jesus truly is? Are you going to continue to live in fear, burying your past time and time again, hoping that nobody finds out who you really are? Or are you going to be brave enough to put your focus on Jesus, lay everything at his feet, and accept his forgiveness? Are you going to choose to be the light for others without judgment or condemnation? Or are you going to choose to walk away and say nothing when you see somebody hurting. Think about those choices over the next few minutes. Think about the broken record playing in your head over and over again, telling you that you will never be enough. And then picture God's immense love because God's love is real. And it's time for you to stop living in the past. And it's time to see that God is telling you it is time to change. It is time to let these things go. And it is time to learn that you are enough. I don't care how many times you've fallen down. I don't care how many times you relapsed. You are enough. And you can do this. You can accept God's love. God is saying right now, you are my child and you are enough. Now is the time for you right here in this very moment to accept that you right here are a child of God and that God loves you, accepts you, and forgives you. The time is to, this time has come where it's time to be brave 
and let it go. So if you're ready to be bold and approach Jesus, then I ask that today is the day you change. And if you're ready to change, then join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are the God of all gods, and I thank you so much for your power, for your forgiveness, for your grace. Give us the courage and strength to boldly come before you today and let these things go, knowing that the world does not define us, that you define us. In your holy name, amen.